Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your families. You're doing well and are blessed in all things. We are on the subject of the blood covenant and uh, we are still talking about the Lord is our peace, that Jesus Christ is our peace, which really is a new covenant blessing, uh, which uh, corresponds to the old covenant promise when uh, uh, God said to the Israelites, Yahweh Shalom, I am the Lord your peace. So in the New Testament, Jesus himself is our peace. Praise God. So, but I'm continuing with this. I, this is my third session, just talking about peace. And um, this is a, a, a big subject, a major subject, and it's important for us. So I will continue uh, with this today. So in Romans 12, verses 17 and 18, and I started with this thought yesterday, but I think I will go in and finish it today complete and complete it today. It says Romans 12, 17 and 18, it says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That means that we should never repay evil for evil. That means if anybody hurts us, we should not hurt them back. Not only that, if anyone hurts us, we should never, never wish them evil. Uh, we should never wish them ill, but we should give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. That means we should, but instead our retaliation should be to, uh, to be honorable, uh, to do that which is honorable in the sight of all, something that is a testimony unto the grace of God. Then it says, is, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. As far as it is possible for you, live peaceably with all. Now, first of all, it says, repay no one evil for evil. Have people ever done you wrong? I'm sure they have, because people have done me wrong. And, you know, one thing I've thought of many, many times, uh, uh, I can, you know, I can tell you times when people have done me wrong. Uh, and, and then it's a very sobering thought, because if you were to ask people who know you, there probably are people there who think that I have done them wrong. Now, if you were to, if someone was to come and accuse me and say, Christopher Alam, you did this to me and it really hurt me. I can honestly say that I have never intentionally done anyone any wrong. Have I never done anyone any wrong? I'm sure I have. I have done people wrong, uh, even if I don't know about it. If I am conscious of it, the moment I realize or somebody tells me, then I am the first one to, to go and apologize and make things right. Because I remember, um, you know, I used to teach at a Bible college and one time, and there was well, let me just put it this way. Uh, one day I was going through the internet and uh, uh, then there, was, uh, there were people talking about their experiences from that ministry. And many people had been hurt and uh, bad things had happened. And uh, so what had happened was that uh, one of, there was this lady, she, 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 she wrote on, in that internet forum. She said, oh, I went there because I went there to, to be healed, to hear the word of God, but but uh, this is what they did. And the first person who offended me was Christopher Alam. And I thought, oh my goodness, 
because that thing that this lady experienced was like, uh, how should I say, maybe 30 years ago, 35 years ago, 30 years ago. So she was offended about more than 30 years ago. And uh, I had since left, uh, you know, Sweden and I had moved to the United States. And I, I thought, oh my goodness, this woman has been hurting for 30 years because of something that I did. And, uh, and I didn't even know that I had done it. And, uh, and she, she's a grown up lady and she, and I remember her, I knew her and that she has been hurting all these years. So the Lord told me, he says, why don't you find her, write to her and apologize to her. And I said, Lord, why should I apologize to her? I didn't do anything wrong willfully. And the Lord said, no, because you are the stronger one. You are my servant, you are my minister, and she's obviously the weaker one because, uh, you know, for a person, uh, look, I've been hurt, but I haven't attacked people on the internet and all that because of that. But when a person comes out on the internet and mentions uh, the person who has offended them by name, that means that there is something seriously wrong that needs to be rectified. This person is really, really hurt. And, and the Lord said, look, you're not a psychologist. You're not a, not a psychiatrist. You can't delve into that person's mind, what's going through her. She obviously has other issues in her life, but the fact remains that she was hurt by something you said without even realizing. And so I want you to apologize to her. So I said, okay. So uh, I didn't know where she was. So I found another lady. I wrote around, made inquiries, and I found out where she was. And so... I did, uh, and so I did write to her on Facebook. I found her on Facebook and I wrote to her. I said, hey, I just want to tell you this Christopher Alam, been so many years since I saw you. And I just want you to know that uh, if I ever offended you or hurt you by my words, I ask your forgiveness. You know, that's all she needed. And when I said that, it turned everything around and we became friends after that. And uh, so, you know, it takes so little. And so don't stick to your guns. It's not about who uh, has done wrong, who is wrong, who is right. It is not about that. It is about restoration of broken relationships. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, and so even if it's the other person who has offended you, if you are the stronger one, actually the, actually the Bible says that if someone offends you, you as a stronger one, should go to that person. It's not a question that the offender should go to the offendee. I don't know if there's any, any word offendee, but it doesn't say that the one who is offended should go to the one who has been offended, but it says the stronger one should take the first step. And it's always the strong person who goes to the weaker person and says, you know what, brother, I'm sorry, I hurt you. And I've learned to do that. And because I come from a culture, uh, you know, we Middle Easterners, we are a proud people. And in, in our part of the world, we are a proud people. Um, when I grew up, I never, or maybe once or twice in my life, ever heard anyone say to somebody, hey man, I'm sorry for what I did. People don't know how to say sorry. People don't know how to apologize. You just pretend and go on like nothing happened. But uh, it is very important that, um, you know, that uh, not only don't we repay people, uh, evil for evil, but we also take that step to make things right because it says live peaceably with all. That's a part of living in peace with all. So the moment we find out someone is offended at something we did, something we said, 
try to make things right. Do the best you can. It says you cannot solve everything, but it says if possible, as far as it depends upon you. That means that if possible, as far as you can do, do it. Okay, so I can't solve the problems of the whole world. I can't find out. There, there's one guy, he, he, he got offended at me. I'm telling you, 35 years ago, and he was a good guy. It was something little I said in passing, but I remember he kind of disappeared from my life and I looked for him, but I can't find him. I'm still looking for him. And the moment I find him, I'm going to call him and say, hey, brother, I know that I hurt you by something I said 35 years ago, but I want you to know it was not intentional. Secondly, I was, I was younger, I was more immature then, and I today look back and regret a lot of things that I said at that time, so I ask your forgiveness. I'm going to do it as soon as I locate the guy. So it is very, very, very important uh, that, we, that we, we always take that first step and, and try to make peace and try to make things right. Now, uh, there are people, uh, there have been, uh, I know there's been one case, uh, one guy was offended at me and, uh, and uh, I tried to see him. I sent him a text. I said, hey, brother, I'm coming into your town. Can I see you? It was a pastor and he just didn't want to see me. So then, then I can walk away. I said, okay, I, done, I did my best. I wanted to meet with him, take him out to lunch, spend some time with him. He didn't want to see me. That's okay. That's cool. But at the same time, we just bless people and let them go. But then it says, repay no one evil for evil. I remember there was uh, one pastor. Oh, he, I mean, he really, really hurt me. But not me, but a lot of other people. There were uh, people committed suicide because of the way he had treated them and terrible, terrible things. And uh, anyway, so uh, I had to leave his church. He was my pastor and my friend. And so we were very hurt. But what happened was that... Uh, I never, you know, I used to, the Lord told me, uh, they were, I was so angry at this guy. I was really angry. And I remember one day the Lord said to me, and this really changed my thought. And the Lord, and there was very, it was actually, I was a bit upset at, at God for saying that to me. And this is what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, do you know, this man wronged you, but I love him just as much as I love you. Oh my goodness. I didn't want to hear that. I mean, after what he had done, I, I didn't want Jesus to love him as much as he loved me, but, but it's true. You know, you should remember that. Doesn't matter what people do to you, Jesus loves those people who have wounded you just as much as he loves you. So I kind of swallowed my, you know, pride or in, injury and I said, okay. Then the Lord said, I want you to begin to pray for him. And I said, Lord, I don't want to pray for him. And the Lord said, no, pray for him and bless him. So this is what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And I began to pray for him. I prayed for him and I prayed for him. I prayed for him and I prayed for him. And, uh, but this is what I prayed. I said, Lord, I ask you to deal with him. I said, I, I take my hand off him. I'm not going to say anything about him. I'm not going to go against him. And I just ask you to deal with him with your mercy, Father, because you are good and you are merciful and you have been good and merciful to me many, many times. So I ask you to be good and merciful to them and to him. And I said, Lord, correct him if that's what you want to do. Deal with him in your mercy. But Lord, don't let any harm come on him or his family. Don't let them suffer 
in any way, protect them from harm. And that really helped me because I really prayed with all my heart that, that no matter when God dealt with him, he should not suffer, his family should not suffer. And uh, so anyway, so, you know, I did this for years and now he's out of the ministry. He, he even stopped being Pentecostal, he became something else. And, 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 and I hope he is happy where he is. I haven't met him, but, uh, but if I would meet him, I would look him in the eyes and bless him because I really have nothing against him. I don't like what he did and I don't like the fact that he did not only to me, but to other people and that he has never uh, called me or called any of those people and personally apologized. The only thing he has done, he said, well, no one is perfect. You know, only God is perfect. We have all made mistakes. That was the closest he could get to saying that he was wrong. But what do you do? He says, we, we walk in peace with all men and we don't repay evil for evil, no matter how much they have hurt us. So, uh, you know, going back to my childhood, my 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 father and my stepmother did me a lot of harm especially my stepmother she used to beat me up and uh, and it was i had to decide to forgive her and not to wish her any evil or wish her any ill ill and just bless her and pray for her and uh, you know it's a hard lesson in life to do that but we have to learn to do that because this is what the bible tells us jesus said love your enemies bless them that persecute you and you know, do not repay, um, do do not repay evil with evil, and but repay evil with good. So do good. Now, another thing that the Lord told me that do you know you can actually change people's lives by using your faith, and this is how you do it. What you do is this: if someone uh, has done wrong things to you and has attacked you and been bad with you, the thing you should do is decide in your heart. And this is something I've learned very lately, is that firstly, make a decision not to speak any ill of them. If they have hurt you, if they have wounded you, make a decision. I will not speak anything ill out of about them with my mouth. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to speak that which I wish they were or that which I want them to be. So if someone has hurt you, speak well of them, speak, speak blessing over their lives and, uh, and, and put your faith into it because you see there is power in the words of our mouth. And this is what the Lord showed me. There is power in the words of my mouth. And so when I open my mouth and decide to speak blessing and uh, uh, speak life over them and, and the Lord told me, speak of them as you want them to become. So speak of those people. Romans 4.17 says uh, that it, it says that calling those things that be not as though they were. So you, uh, so you, you speak of that guy. I was thinking of one specific guy who did me a lot of hurt. So I decided I'm going to speak. He's a man of God. He's a good man. God uses him. God blesses him. You know, you do that. Speak that kind of language. And as you do that, uh, then when one day you run into them, uh, and meet them. Don't jump on them and say, oh, you have to repent. You have to say sorry for what you did, but be kind to them, be gracious, be merciful to them and treat them as if nothing has happened. And the Lord says, when you do that, you are able to change your lives. Now, that being said, now I understand you can't be buddies with everybody. 
and sometimes you some people you just don't there people some people are toxic you 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 know they are the way they are and so uh, and i know people who are that way too so what do you deal with toxic people well what you do is that you know every when people are toxic there's always because there's a reason there's something has happened to them in their life because of they because they are that way so i'm not a doctor i'm not a psychologist i cannot fix that but as a child of god as a man of faith i can do this i can treat them well and speak blessing over them and pray and do that but that being said i don't have to work with them have them on my team or do ministry together with them i don't have to do that because when it comes to doing ministry with people you can only do that with people with whom you are aligned with whom you have a spiritual unity people who you don't have a spiritual unity with them and we have to love people even those who hate us even those who we don't have spiritual unity with us but loving them is not the same as doing ministry with them so there are certain people uh, i love them i bless them speak well of them i wish them well i will pray for them but uh, when it comes to doing ministry with them i said no thank you god bless you uh, this is what god has called me to do and this is what i'm doing and by the way god bless you if you are doing this right and uh, sometimes if you're a pastor maybe even take up an offering to bless them i've told pastors to do that um there was one pastor he said oh so and so is against me what should i do i said the best thing to do take up an offering and send him and bless him and he did that and after that now they are friends so it's always good so seek the way of peace jesus said uh, jesus said uh, to us that we should always seek the way of peace and that's why he came to guide our feet on the way of peace we live in a conflict ridden world and in this conflict ridden world god is looking for people who can walk in peace and in matthew 5:9 that's the next verse it said blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of god you know we are sons of god and one of the reasons it's not just that we are born again that's why we are sons of god that's true we are born again i'm a son of god but one of the things about being a son of god is that we are peacemakers because jesus made peace with us and so as children of god as sons of god we are peacemakers so to be a peacemaker is a part of being a son of god if i say well i'm a son of god to jesus christ but i'm always fighting and attacking people and in conflict with people i'm sorry that doesn't rhyme well that doesn't Uh, l- those two things don't line up a son of god is always looking to make peace are peacemakers because jesus came to this world and in john chapter 3 verse 17 he says for god did not send his son to the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved so god didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved so jesus came uh not to condemn the world but to make peace with the world so that the world may be saved so that is why it says we they are blessed are the peacemakers for they shall they shall be called the sons of god <coughs> now john 14 verse 27 says peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you do not let your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid peace i leave with you my peace i give to you 
not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus says, peace I leave with you. This, is, this was not long before he went to the cross. And uh, when he, he was actually getting ready to make his way to the cross, he's going to die on the cross. And remember in John 14, 15, he talked about, um, about the Holy Spirit about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches and all that. And you know, you should see the, I mean, the things that he said in those chapters until he went to the cross. And then John 19 talks about his sufferings. And it's amazing the things he left with us. And we should, uh, I mean, uh, not just the other teaching, but these are these the things he left with the church before he went. And one of the things he said, Peace I leave with you. So Jesus is saying that I'm soon going to the cross, but I leave peace with you. So this is a great gift that Jesus has left with us. Uh, that in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, God was Yahweh Shalom. And in the Old Testament, Jesus is our peace. The Bible says he himself is our peace. So he leaves peace with us. Jesus, he leaves his peace with us. And we should receive that, embrace that, and say, Lord, I receive your peace. And uh, because this is something left with us, and this is peace within our own selves, and peace with God, peace with my neighbors, peace with fellow man, and, uh, uh, you know, and also peace between nations. He left that peace also, and he left it with the church. So the church should be working for peace between <clears throat> between Arabs and the Jews, you know, instead of uh, say, oh, we love the Jews and we hate the Arabs, the church should be working for peace between between uh, Israel and Lebanon, you know, the church should be working for peace between Democrats and Republicans and whatever, where, where, wherever people are, wherever there is any kind of conflict, they should be, the church should be right there working for peace because Jesus left peace with us. And the gospel is also called the gospel of peace. So peace is a part of the gospel and peace brings people together. And when we preach peace, peace between God and man, we, you know, one of the things Jesus said, it says, you know, in Romans five seventeen, he says, we, we, uh, uh, it says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And then he says, and the next verse says, uh, but all things are for God, from God, who has given us this ministry of reconciliation. So we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And then it says, and that's why we kind of say to the world, be reconciled to God. So it's interesting that God sent Jesus to the cross, bearing upon himself the sins of mankind. And so we tell the world, listen, Jesus has already borne your sins. So come to him and be reconciled with God. So we offer reconciliation. That's what we are offering. We are not uh, threatening them, but we are telling them that be reconciled to God. So uh, in the same way, uh, part of the mandate of the church is whenever we see conflict to say, listen, be reconciled, be reconciled to God and be reconciled to one another. Be recon because when you're reconciled to God, you're also reconciled to one another. If people are reconciled, if two 
parties who are constant strife with each other, once they reconcile themselves to God, they'll also be reconciled to one another. And so we, that is the ministry of reconciliation. And so, and it says here, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, uh, they shall be called sons of God, peace I live with you. So this wonderful peace God has left with us, it says, not as the world gives you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. That means this peace that we have received is not like the peace given by the world because in the world there are peace, um, there are peace, you know, um, how do you say, it? the world has its own options for peace. So first of all, you've got this organized thing. You've got the United Nations that is supposed to make peace and you have peacekeeping forces. You know, if you go to the border of Israel and Lebanon, you have peacekeeping forces. If you go to the border of, uh, 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 of uh, Egypt and Israel, you have peacekeeping forces. If you go to Kashmir between India and Pakistan, you have peacekeeping forces. Uh, and then there were peacekeeping forces between Bosnia and, uh, and, and Serbia. And, uh, and, you know, so wherever in the world there is a conflict, the United Nations sends peacekeeping forces and these that is the world's way of making peace. It's human. It's a good thing. I'm not against peacekeeping forces. I have a cousin who served in the United Nations peacekeeping forces uh, when there was rebelling, rebellion in the Katanga province of Congo. I remember I was a kid and he flew with his battalion to the peacekeeping forces. And so he was there, I think, a whole year or two years with the UN peacekeeping forces. So they went there just to make peace and they did the best we can. It's a good thing. Then in the world, you've got people like the Dalai Lama. He goes around like a peacemaker. You know, he's, he's I mean, he's not a bad man. He's, he's misled. He believes in Buddha. But I, and so he's misled. But I'm sure his intense intentions are good. He talks, talks about a peacemaker. Then there's a guy called Sri Chinmoy. He's a, some kind of guru of some kind. And he goes around the world trying to make peace. And so you've got a lot of people here who think that's their task in life to make peace. But they cannot make peace. The only one, they have not been able to make peace. But the only one who can make peace is Jesus. Because he says, my peace I give, give unto you. The peace he gives is not just a generic peace, but he gives us his peace, which is from him. It's the peace of God. You know, there's a difference between the peace that's made by man and peace that comes from God. God's peace. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. This is not the peace of the Dalai Lama. This is not the peace of Sri Chinmoy. This is not the peace of the United Nations, but my peace I give you, not as the world gives to you. I give you my peace. So because of that, I can say I have peace with God. I have peace with, uh, uh, with man, peace within my own self. I love my wife, love my kids, my neighbors like me. I'm at peace with everybody. And so, and also I have peace so I can step in and make peace if I'm ever needed. I'm qualified to do that. I'm certified to bring peace because I know the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Once you know the Prince of Peace, you are certified to bring peace. If there's conflict, you can come in and bring peace. Amen. And then it says, um, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So don't let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. A lot of people are afraid. They say, 
I have people come to me for prayer. They say, oh, pastor, I'm so worried. There's going to be war or there is war or I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? I said, You're, you and I are going to leave this world anyway and we are going to be with Jesus forever. So our future is set. If there's anybody you should be concerned about, it's those people who don't know Jesus because they should be worried because they don't have a hope. But the Bible says, he has given us a hope and a future. We have a hope. You and I who love Jesus, who are born again, who have been redeemed, we have a hope and we have the future. Our future is set and my future is this, that here on this earth I have a hope and a future and when I die, I'm going to leave and go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. But it is the world who doesn't have a hope. They don't have a future. They don't know what their eternal destiny is. And that is why our message to the world is be reconciled with God. Be, make things right with God and make things right with one another. Uh, make things right with God and as long as you're on this earth, make things right with one another. So we, and Francis of Assisi said, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. And that means we bring the gospel of peace to sinners so they get right with God. We bring the gospel of peace to those who need Jesus. And we bring the peace of God into situations where there is turmoil and where there's conflict. But anyway, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, use us as instruments of your peace. Let us have peace, the peace of God in our own hearts and use us to bring this peace to others. I pray for my brothers and sisters. Use them mightily, Father, to touch many lives for your glory. Father, if there's any need in their lives, meet that need. Heal those that are sick who can hear me right now. Touch them in the name of Jesus. And Father, we glorify you for all things. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. And uh, if you have any comments, do write to me. If the Lord has done anything in your life, listening to this message the past days or weeks, please do drop me a message, either a private message or on Facebook or on YouTube, wherever you're watching this. And I wish you all God's blessings. God bless you.